This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where most of the state is entering phase two of the COVID recovery. That might sound encouraging if it wasn't happening right after the health department reported a record for the largest number of new cases in a single day. After calling time out for the pandemic, the NBA will be finishing its interrupted season in Orlando beginning in the end of July. A big win for the governor who's been trying to get sports restarted in the Sunshine State. Ron DeSantis is also hoping he can bring the Republican National Convention to Florida now that Donald Trump is bailing on North Carolina. Another increase in the number of Floridians filing for unemployment as we close in on the 2 million mark. That would be about one out of every four workers in the state without a job. The Florida Supreme Court takes aim at a constitutional amendment to ban assault weapons and blows it right off the ballot. The Ban Assault Weapons Now initiative was inspired by the massacre at Parkland, but the high court says the ballot language is misleading. Florida's attorney general is suing two vape companies doing business in the Sunshine State. She says they're breaking the law by marketing to kids. A deep dive today on the search for a COVID-19 vaccine. The bottom line is we won't have one anytime soon. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with Florida Man, who has gone to the dogs. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, June 5th. Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach are still in Phase 1 of Florida's COVID recovery, but the other 64 counties are now entering Phase 2, which means bars, tattoo parlors, theaters, and concert venues can get back to business. But is it happening too soon? On Thursday, the state health department reported more than 1,400 new cases of COVID-19, the most in one day since the state began keeping count. And this was no anomaly. There were more than 1,200 new cases reported Tuesday, 1,300 new cases on Wednesday. Anyone see a trend here? There have now been more than 60,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Florida, a total of 2,691 fatalities. That's an increase of 41 deaths in one day. But that will not stop the reopening of Florida, and sports will play a big part. The NBA has announced they plan to finish the season that was interrupted by coronavirus at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex on the Disney campus near Orlando. The plan is for a round-robin playoff that includes 22 teams. I'm all in from the state's perspective. I don't think you could find a better place than Orlando to do this. I think it's very exciting. Uh, what I've told all the people I've talked to with a variety of leagues is, I mean, if you look, we were able, we helped Mickelson uh, do the event with Tiger Woods, and um, it was great. They raised $20 million. This is four people playing golf, charity. They got 6 million TV viewers for this. So I think people are hungry for this, and I think the first sport back, if it is the NBA, um, I think that they're going to be able to bring more and more fans into the fold. And I think the, uh, here in Orlando, I think, would be, uh, would be a great place uh, to do it. You know, I'd say the same for baseball. I mean, we've told baseball Florida wants to be a part. I don't know how you're going to do it, but we would love to be a part uh, of the solution to be able to get that sport going again. Obviously, we'd love to see Major League Soccer as well. So you really, I mean, Orlando really can be the, the epicenter of the comeback of professional sports. And uh, I'm all for it. If you look, what I've tried to do on all this is, you know, we've had things issued from state. We always like to work with local folks. Miami's done it a little bit different than some other places. The one thing I did preempt was sports needs to know they can come here. And so that's a decision from the state. I know places like Orlando really want to have it too, uh, but we really wanted to send that signal to know, you know, we're going to roll out the red carpet and work with you, and I think it would be really exciting. So hopefully there's an announcement very soon. I mean, I've read what you've read about um, getting people back in that training camp relatively soon, starting to play sometime in late July, and, and I think that would be really exciting. 
Games begin at the end of July, and the finals will likely stretch into October, but they'll play those games without the fans. It's all for the TV cameras. The governor's also trying to bring the Republican National Convention to Florida. The president bailed on North Carolina because their governor refused to guarantee they could have a convention without masks and social distancing. DeSantis says the convention could be planned in Florida as a fully open event, but he couldn't really give it a 100% guarantee. If the coronavirus flares, he says changes would have to be considered. North Carolina approached it as saying, okay, it's a default no, and then maybe we'll see. And my view would be it should be a default yes, and then as we get closer, you can make determinations about how you do it. Um, but I've talked with folks at the RNC. I mean, we could potentially, we'll see what the prevalence is of the, of the virus. I mean, you have mitigation measures like face masks. You can test. You can do all those things. So on all these things, particularly as you look months in advance, my view would be we should assume we're going to be doing those, welcome this stuff. And then as we get closer, if you need to call an audible, you can always call an audible. But I don't like how some states have said, oh, we're not going to have anyone ever in an arena until 2021. Think of my, how could you possibly know that that's the case? And um, so we would like to have it. Uh, obviously, Orlando, uh, just because of the hotel capacity, the arena would be an obvious um, place. I know Jacksonville is very much interested in, in having it. I've talked to the mayor of Miami-Dade. You know, I think obviously they have big events a lot. So this is almost three months out. Uh, I think that we probably are going to be able to, 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 to pull it off. But you know what? If it gets closer and you, you need to call an audible, I mean, heck, he has the CDC at his disposal. He could tell us you know, what need, the president can tell us what, what needs to be done to be able to do it. But I think to, to just brush away a potential $100 million impact um, when the chance of us being able, um, you know, we, we have a good chance of being able to do it. I, I look around what's happened in, in Asia and Europe. You look at those numbers in Europe now coming out with this. I mean, they're about a month ahead of us. But I mean, man, it's really declined in Europe. And clearly it's declined in the United States from, from March and early April. And we don't know, you know exactly, but there haven't been second waves in any of these European countries. And so, again, you got to prepare for that. you got to be ready to, to tackle how it comes. But boy, I think that we should we should want to have things like that. And um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it seems like North Carolina may have missed its chance. I know they're looking. I know there's other states that are interested in having it. Um, but I think uh, I think it would be good for us here in the state of Florida. And that's not from a partisan perspective, because if Biden called me and said they wanted to do Dem here, I would I would support that because I think uh, the impact to the community, I think, uh, from an economic perspective uh, would be positive. What's not exciting is the latest news on unemployment. Initial unemployment claims continue to surge in Florida, even as jobless filings in the rest of the country are falling. There were more than 200,000 new claims filed in Florida for the week ending May 30th. That's 31,000 more than the week before. Now, 1.8 million Floridians have filed for unemployment since March 15th. There are almost 250,000 claims still waiting in the queue, which means the number of out-of-work Floridians could surpass 2 million in a matter of days. That would mean about one in four working Floridians are unemployed. But the governor says at least they're getting their jobless benefits a lot faster now. So if you look at the April, uh, the end of April unemployment report, it was about 1.06 million unemployed. We've paid about that many claims now, between 3.5, I think over $3.5 billion now. That is so much more than this state has ever paid, and this is just in a short week period. So, you know, I'm glad that people are, are, are getting checks. Obviously, they're continuing to process, but I can tell you, um, and you probably don't hear about it because when people get the money, obviously they go about their life, which they should. But I mean, we have people 
submitting and getting paid within a seven to ten day window now. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. Now, DEO has gone back with folks who were caught up in queues, uh, maybe needed to add something, maybe there needed to be wages or other things qualified. But um, to pay out um, over $3.5 billion, I can tell you, if you guys had any sense of, of this system, what it was looking like, like at the beginning of April, um, it was not looking good. I mean, it was a very, very problematic system. So we've worked really hard at it. Uh, it's important to people, um, you know, to get thrown out of a job just on the drop of a hat because of this mitigation is not easy, particularly for people um, who are making uh, lower incomes. They don't exactly have, you know, stashes of money in the bank, and so it's important to get it out. So um, we're going to continue to work to do it, but um, to have over a million claims and over 3.5 billion dollars, I think that's more than the last four or five years combined in the state of Florida. Uh, so we want to continue to do it. And hopefully, you continue to do that, you also will have people as they start going back to work. We actually have people calling the DEO saying, look, I'm back at work. I just got another check. And but DEO's like, no, look, because you applied on this date, you're entitled to this much. So it's fine. So we've had people call back, say they want to give back some of the money, but they were entitled to it. And so we want to make sure that they're able to get it. 43 million Americans have now filed for unemployment since the start of the coronavirus outbreak. The Florida Supreme Court shoots down a constitutional amendment to ban possession of assault-style weapons, saying it does not meet the requirements to go before voters. The Ban Assault Weapons Now initiative was inspired by the 2018 massacre in Parkland, where 17 people were killed in a mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Attorney General Ashley Moody, the National Rifle Association, and the National Shooting Sports Foundation opposed the measure at the Supreme Court. Gun control groups like the Brady Campaign and several South Florida cities were in support. In a 4-1 to ruling, the High Court said the amendment was disqualified because the summary that would have appeared on the ballot is misleading. That means they'll have to rewrite the amendment and start collecting signatures all over again if they want to get on the ballot two years from now. The state attorney general is suing two Florida vaping companies accused of marketing to minors and not properly verifying the age of customers. Monster Vape Labs and Lizard Juice are two of the 21 vaping companies caught up in an investigation, and Attorney General Ashley Moody says she's appalled by their tactics, which include labeling and advertising similar to children's breakfast cereal and video game giveaways. The AG wants to prohibit those companies from marketing to minors and ban the use of cartoons and ads promoting nicotine products. She also wants them to prevent sales to minors by using age verification procedures. The state health department issued a report last year saying one out of four Florida high school students admit to vaping. Next up, a deep dive on the search for a vaccine for coronavirus. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. The Florida Hospital Association has released the OPEN plan, designed to allow Florida's safe resumption of elective surgeries and procedures. OPEN stands for O, observe the COVID-19 rate of community occurrence. P, prevent transmission. E, establish the process to restore elective surgeries and procedures. And N, network with all healthcare providers. You can read the open plan today at fha.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. Florida may be in phase two of the recovery, but the COVID crisis won't be done until there's a vaccine, and the doctors say that's going to take some time. Dr. Natalie Dean is a professor at the Department of Biostatistics at the University of Florida. She's estimating it will take at least 12 months, and that is the best case scenario. If I had to guess when something would be available for the general public, it's somewhere the middle of 2021, but that relies on, you know, uh, 
being able, my question is how are we going to get the vaccine out to people once we have something that's uh, safe and effective? So um, how is that manufacturing going to scale up and how are we going to actually roll that out to people? Um, so that to me seems an important part of the, of the timeline. And, and, but you know, uh, mid 2021 is where I've heard things that sound reasonable. Like we said, best case. Dr. Jonathan Quick with the Rockefeller Foundation says it could take as much as 18 months. We have managed with just affecting our own behavior, what we call um, herd behavior. Herd immunity is when enough people vaccinated or, or infected are immune. But we've done it by basically, in essence, staying indoors for three months. That hasn't changed the virus. And so I think we need to be, we need to be um, ready for the possibility. I mean, we, the prediction of the, the vaccines to get the large scale uh, coverage, um, I would go more with the, the 18 month um, estimate. When we look at the, the development side is about half the, the journey of the research and development to get a safe, effective vaccine, but all of the scale up of production and we need at least four and a half billion doses. We don't have to uh, vaccinate everyone on the, the, the planet, um, but I, I, I would suggest that in our own minds, um, we're ready for uh, uh, having to still continue to protect ourselves um, and think that we may not have a, high, a highly uh, safe, highly effective vaccine that isn't producing the quantities uh, we need until maybe late 2021. And Dr. Beth McGraw with the Center for Infectious Disease Dynamics at Penn State says the most realistic estimate for a COVID-19 vaccine is somewhere between 12 to 18 months. Where have I heard that? You know, that also means that there will not be a vaccine for coronavirus during the next flu season. I think it's important to point out that we are in unprecedented times in terms of the global effort and working toward this. So lots of money being put toward the effort, 10 candidates currently in the works. And so all of these things are great and really helping us move faster than we ever have before. Um, but realistically, I, I would say best case scenario a year from now and more realistic might be closer to that 18 month mark. Um, and also, you know, I think important to prepare ourselves for the potential collision of flu season and COVID season without having a vaccine in place uh, for the latter. So I think really important to, to think about all the practices that we try and put in place for flu season, trying to really um, intensify those efforts. So making sure people are vaccinated for flu, making sure people are continuing to keep practices in place that will reduce both transmission of flu and COVID. So hand washing, et cetera, and also expecting that we might have to go through multiple rounds of, uh, you know, isolation and, and continue to limit our socializing for, for the next year. So for everyone out there ready to bust loose during phase two here in Florida, remember the pandemic is not over. I have said it before and I'll keep reminding you, reopening the state does not mean it is safe. It means there is room for you in the intensive care unit. And credit where credit is due, Doctors McGraw, Quick and Dean were part of a webcast by the McClatchy Newspaper Group, which includes the Miami Herald. Your calendar of events begins with the Board of Medicine. They're meeting by conference call at 8. The Board of Nursing holds a conference call at 8.30. Senator Randolph Bracey of Ocoee is holding a press conference at 9 to talk about the death of George Floyd and reforming police practices. It happens at Eccleston Elementary School in Orlando. 
The Ethics Commission holds an online meeting at 9. The University of Florida Board of Trustees meets at 1.30 after they hold committee meetings that start at 9. The Hillsborough Community College Board of Trustees meets online at 10. And on Saturday, the New College of Florida Board of Trustees meets in real life in Sarasota. Finally, it's time to check in with Florida Man, who is, quite frankly, going to the dogs. A Florida man is busted after police in St. Petersburg say he tried to incite civil unrest at a gas station, fought with officers, and punched a police dog. When officers tried to arrest 29-year-old Jordan Mosby, police say he fought with him, assaulted a canine cop and his handler before they were able to cuff him. He's charged with inciting a riot, three counts of battery on law enforcement officers, and a misdemeanor charge of committing an offense against a police dog. That's it for Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.